0: morning. It is Tuesday, September 24th. We are exactly one year and two weeks from the day that Merrimack College accepted its invitation to join the Northeast Conference as a member of uh, Division I Athletics. And we are starting a new segment here. We're, we're tentatively calling it Coach's, Coach's Corner. Um, there's been some people kicking around. Is this potting with the president? Um, we're not quite sure where we are. But I'm Jeremy Gibson, the Director of Athletics, and I'm sitting next to Dr. Christopher Hopi the 8th president of Merrimack College and we're here to talk a little bit about what's happening at the college and specifically what's happening with the athletic department. Good morning Chris.
1: Good morning Jeremy, it's great to see you.
0: Great to see you too. Beautiful studio here on the second floor of Cushing Hall. We came over about a week ago and and the radio studio, the TV studio, you know, indicative of a lot of things that are happening at the college. Just impressive things every turn you take.
1: Yeah, we're excited, you know, Merrimack's doing great and the uh, Division One move is just a big thing. Um, It's moving us differently. It's great to see the Saturday football games at Merrimack scroll across the bottom of ESPN or ABC. I've got lots of nice tweets and texts from uh, alums and others saying it's kind of cool to see that. So we're excited about that and it is changing the campus a lot, but it's it's only one of many things that we've done over the last decade to really move Merrimack forward. Uh, Everything from the size of our freshman class at 1,180 students this morning, the largest freshman class in our history, to uh, our investments in the academic side. We've added some 160 new faculty the last couple of years to this wonderful facility we're in, which uh, I think compares to any large university in the country, um, and we're gonna use it for the first time to uh, interview our coaches today, which we're excited about.
0: It'll be fun. They'll join us in just a few minutes. We're gonna have uh, Coach Dan Curran of the football program and Coaches Joe Gallo of men's basketball and Monique LeBlanc of the women's basketball program sit down with a round table with the president in, in just a few minutes. Uh, President Hovey, it's been an amazing 10-year run, but this fall in particular, it seems like there's a buzz on this campus that that exceeds anything I've seen here in the last six years. Um, What do you attribute that to?
1: Uh, We have great people, I think, uh, from our faculty to our staff to our students to our alums. I mean, Merrimack's a special place. You know, I always say there's something in the water here, but there is something special about the people. It's a great community. Our Augustinian friars started the campus in 47 and I think it's just been upwards from there, and uh, we're excited about that. But it is a special place. Um, it's a very popular school. You know, you hear a lot of negativity about higher ed right now, and Merrimack doesn't sit there. Merrimack is actually a very positive place. I think that just has a ripple effect across the Merrimack Valley. You know, we're one of the more popular uh, kind of colleges right now for for our freshmen in Massachusetts. I think one out of every five students in Massachusetts that will graduate from high school this year will apply to Merrimack so we're excited. So there's a buzz, there's an energy, there's a momentum. It's been gone for years. And I just think, like anything with momentum, it just keeps going. And we're excited about that. And I think, uh, you know, the best is yet to come. We just finished a major fundraising campaign uh, together for good and celebrated that last evening, um, a couple evenings ago, actually. And uh, we're excited about that. So we're in good shape.
0: Speaking of buzz, so um, we've had a couple of home football games, a couple of lopsided scores to our favor in those home football games. But but we've seen a different experience It's happening uh Across our community on those Saturdays, you know, the crowds that we're bringing in, the numbers of people that are coming to Merrimack's campus and experiencing all the things that you're talking about, what does that mean to you?
1: Well, I think we, we thought we built enough stands for the next yeah. 10 years. I, think, I don't think we did, actually. Um, so uh, it's a great football stadium, a great environment for a football game, um, and the games are a capacity every game. Um, we're excited about that. Um, it, there's a vibrancy, there's an energy a lot of local folks a lot of students there uh, we've got the band playing uh, we got the cheerleaders we got the dance team out there uh, it's a lot of fun and um, and the football team's playing great it's the first time division one but you can see the difference uh, everything from the size of the kids to the, the speed the capacity then coach Curran's done a great job recruiting a, a new kid to a new program and uh, you can see that and we got a young good quarterback because he's fun to watch and, and and the running game is good so so they're playing good you know even away they're playing well you know they 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 took on Central Connecticut a couple weeks ago. I watched the game on ESPN3. Uh, it was great to see, and uh, it was a great comeback, and we almost beat them. They, they won with five seconds left in the game. So, uh, so and I know Central Connecticut was, I think, the NAC uh, champion last year and made it left to the NCAA uh, playoffs. So uh, I think they played well. We're excited about that. So football is a big part of the culture. Uh, we call it Football Saturdays here, and uh, it's changing everything. So we're excited about that.
0: Really, all the teams playing well at this point. We're seeing a lot of competitiveness across the soccer programs, field hockey, volleyball, some really big wins, especially for the, the men's and women's soccer programs over programs like Northeastern, Boston University, Vermont, Manhattan. Um, Chris, is that something that you expected? How does that make you feel this early in the transition?
1: You know, I think um, you talked to a lot, of, a lot of other presidents who have gone Division One over the years, and they talked about the, the, uh, the struggles in the first couple of years. The team's not winning. Uh, and so I was prepared for uh, you know, um, you know, I, I think teams that were going to compete. But I think um, uh, I didn't really believe that was going to be true, uh, watching how we did in Division One. As we left, I mean, Division Two. As we left Division Two, uh, we, um, you know, we won the, uh, all the awards at the end. There did really well. So I think the coach has been building towards Division One. It's been a dream for a long time here. So I think we entered Division One ready to play, um, and you see that. You know, in men's and women's soccer and and, and football uh, and even in golf, right? I mean, we've done well. And uh, because we've always had a Division One hockey team, men and women's team, we saw what we did going Division One on ice hockey, right? Women's ice hockey, you know? Here we are, the only team in the country to do that in years. We put a team into Hockey East really on day one, and uh, they competed. And now they're very good. And in four short years, Aaron Hamlin's built a great team. And so, this again... I think um, Merrimack has a competitive spirit, a desire to win, desire to be good. And I think that naturally carries on to the field. And, uh, and you see that. And so we're not going to win every game. There's a lot of competition out there. Um, but people know who we are, and we're going to compete. And I'm pretty proud of the coaches and you, Jeremy Bills, for doing that. So it's, uh, it's fun to see. And, you know, I get lots of uh, emails and texts from alums who are like, wow, we just beat Northeast. So we just beat Vermont. I mean, there's, there's an exciting part of that. So we're excited about that.
0: President Hopi, you mentioned the coaches. We're going to take a break for just a minute, and and when we come back, President Hopi is going to be joined by Dan Curran, Joe Gallo, and Monique LeBlanc.
1: It's Chris Hopi again here on the WMCK radio station. I'm here today with three of our uh, star coaches, uh, Dan Curran from the football program, uh, Monique LeBlanc from women's basketball, and Joey Gallo from uh, men's basketball. So, I thought I'd open up to the group just to start a little bit about what's it been like going to Division 1? What's the experience been like? Uh,
2: Monique, why don't you start? Absolutely. Um, When people ask me this question, I say, well, recruits pick up the phone a lot faster or call you back a lot faster, and that's been great. Um, So, that's been exciting, and I think what that indicates is that there's a high level of excitement around our program that is just inherently different now that we're Division 1. It's just different, and you know, we all talk about how we have spent the last handful of years getting recruits excited about Division Two and, and the opportunities at Merrimack that were there. And all those same ex- uh, opportunities are still here Uh Merrimack. We're still Merrimack, uh, but now we're competing at the highest level of collegiate athletics, and that's just a level of excitement that, um, you know, we didn't have before that we have now. And it's been really fun to to work with that in our pocket.
0: Yeah.
1: Dan, you're in the middle of the season now, so yeah. you're actually before the basketball season even starts, you're like in the middle of it right now. What's that been like for you? Yeah, so I
3: think the we've always had a great game day environment for all our athletic teams here at Merrimack and, and it's something that's been a really good home home court, home field advantage for us. But the buzz and the awareness now after moving to Division One and playing some of the teams we're playing has certainly been ratcheted up a little bit. And it's it's really caused for a great game day environment. And obviously the expectation for homecoming in two weeks is, is through the roof. This has always been a great event on homecoming. I expect nothing less with Brian coming in in two weeks.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a big crowd with yeah. you know, expecting eight to 10,000 people. And uh, great. I think we're sold out already in the tailgating, so there's a lot of excitement about that. Now, Joey, you're uh, you know, men's basketball is kind of the NCA sport. I mean, yep. it's, 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 it's the kind of the, the marquee. Tell me a little bit about how that's going for you and what the experience has been like so far.
4: Um, you know, like Coach Mo said, the, the biggest thing has been um, on the recruiting side of things. Um, you know people are you know we, we all have our networks um that we recruit from and you know now sometimes it's like you know that guy that wanted to give you their uh, second best player is a little quicker to call you about their better player that they have um i just think um you know it's, it's we're on more of a national stage now you know we have uh, in the next couple weekends we have a kid visiting from uh chicago a kid visiting from uh houston texas uh, another kid from dallas um, and as a Division II, I don't I don't think those visits would, would ever even be possible. So, uh, you know, it's been great. I, I spoke this weekend uh, at a clinic down in Washington, D.C., um, and the speaker before me was Chris Mack from Louisville, and the speaker after me was Baker Dunleavy from Quinnipiac. And, again, I don't think I became a better coach overnight, um, but just that prestige of being Division One, have more people noticing. And, you know, there was 300 high school coaches from that D.C. area, an area that we're trying to get into, uh, recruiting site. Um, and, and it just kind of helped our cause that way. That's great.
1: Tell me a little bit about what it's been like joining the NEC and you're now going to coaches meetings and uh, and uh, you're involved in those different activities. What's that been like for all of you? you Want to stop Monique?
2: Sure. Uh, our first head coaches meeting for women's basketball and men's basketball was right with us. Uh, was early June and a bulk of our first meeting that morning was Solely concerned on how do we best position ourselves for the NCAA tournament. So like you said, President Hopi, uh, that is everything in the NEC, and I love that. Uh, of course, as basketball coaches, we want to be part of a conference where basketball is a-, a big deal. And it was great that there was so much uh, conversation around how do we get the best spot in the NCAA tournament? What do we have to do via our scheduling um, and, you know, all those things that affect our RPI and conference standing and so forth. Uh, because, you know, if you've ever watched the One Shining Moment video and not shed a tear, you're not a real college basketball fan. But uh, that's what we're all excited to be a part of. And it's great to be in a conference like the NEC that really cares about uh, putting on a great product.
0: And Joe, so
1: how about you, being, you? You're going back to the NEC. You actually came as an assistant coach out of Robert Morris a few years back. So we stole you from them. and. What's yeah. that like now, going back?
4: Um, well, I think I'm a lot like you. The first thing I did is I looked around the room and figure out how I'm going to beat all these guys, <laughs> right? So I'm kind of sizing everybody up. That was that was number one. Um, but it is. It's just a um, little more of a big-time feel, right? Like uh, Javaris Hayes, um, one of our players, um, along with uh, one of Coach's players, went down last week to New Jersey to do a... A photo shoot and a video shoot you know each each team picked one player to go represent their program and they're gonna use some of that content to put out on social media all year so um, it just has you know not to overuse the word just a little more big-time feel than than what we're used to and it's um, it's it's great for our kids right you always say you are who you hang out with right and a lot of our players they've hung out with these guys right So, so Javaris played on a high school team where a kid went to Georgetown another kid went to Fairleigh Dickinson and you know if you put him in, a, in on a court with those three guys three years later, he's every bit as good as those guys. um but now he's got that opportunity to actually go out and prove it against the best. so it's been great
1: that's great now coach Curran, yep. you're actually in the middle of the competition this season uh football is a tough sport right sure uh, and uh and it's been a little bit of a different schedule this year, right? Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't know about college football is it takes uh, – schedules go about six, seven years. Correct. Uh, new to this, I didn't really understand that, yeah. right? So you're scheduling in 2026 already. Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit about what the transition's been like for you as a coach. Um, what it's been like uh, entering the NEC and some of the players, and talk a little bit yeah, about that.
3: Yeah, well, certainly, it, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't challenging to get the 11-game schedule. We got this year on short notice, and, and Jeremy Gibson and worked his tail off to kind of get us an 11-game deal. And we ended up getting four conference games. Um, the good thing is there's been some familiarity with the NEC teams that we're going against. We've played a couple of those teams with the anticipation of hopefully getting the invite um, and fared pretty well against those that competition in the past, and on, on top of that, we're able to get um, – you know, Lehigh University, uh, who's, who's a powerhouse in Patriot League, who we're playing this week, as well as Delaware State, who's a MEAC school. Um, then we're going to be playing Presbyterian, who's, who's from the Big South as well. So I think talking a little about what Joe had mentioned, just extending our, our recruiting footprint a little bit, getting an opportunity to recruit kids from different parts of the country, playing teams from different parts of the country, it raises our brand awareness and allows us to recruit a better athlete, which is exciting for us. And getting a chance to compete against the best is something that I think any competitor just wants that opportunity, and our kids have embraced it.
1: And the kids have been embraced pretty good. Tell us a little bit about their experience and kind of the questions they ask you, or, you know, they've been traveling a lot more now. What's that like for them? Well, I
3: think going back to the preseason piece, and, and Joe had mentioned with, uh, you know, a couple of him and, and Monique's student-athletes heading down for a preseason media day. We did the media day down in, in Giant Stadium, which is a great experience. I was on ESPN3, and for two of our captains, that was a, a wonderful experience, something that they wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do, certainly as part of a Division two program. And then week two, we played Central Connecticut, who's really the powerhouse in that conference, on ESPN3 and and put out a great effort on Fortune Camp, a little bit short. Um, Thought we were going to get them in overtime, but I think the the experience for the kids being a part of an environment like that uh, was special and something that I think all our student-athletes deserve.
1: Yeah, if you didn't see that game, it was a great comeback, and uh, I think you surprised everybody in the NEC, and uh, I was proud of you guys watching that game. It was fun to see on television. I think the announcers are like Merrimack's arrived. They were talking about it, and uh, literally five seconds left, right? Yeah, it was a field goal. I really yeah. thought they were going to miss it, and yeah. uh, but you played great. It was exciting to see, and I think it proved to the kids. At least what I saw was, hey, we can play in this league. We can we can actually be competitive. It was Absolutely, to see. yeah, that was good. Tell me a little bit about um, about you as just individuals now, and the kind of the uh, kind of the you know what it's been like to go from Division two and, and now Division one, and the, kind of the what happens to your time now, your energy. I mean, now the whole country's recruiting, right? And so yeah. you're traveling. Well, what's that like for you as individual coaches?
2: Well, I think that in recruiting uh, student athletes, their goal is always to play Division One basketball. So, um, and I get that because I was once a student athlete whose goal was to play Division One basketball. Um, so now, as a coach, I think naturally when you start your coaching career, your goal is to be a Division One basketball coach. You know that doesn't change that competitive fire inside to get to the best of your level is the same, even though you've entered a new role as a coach. So. It's obviously really exciting to uh, be entering this uh, new conference and um, obviously Division One as a whole. And yeah, the travel is different. Like Joe was mentioning, um, getting into some new areas that maybe we wouldn't be able to get into um, as a Division Two program with recruits. And, you know, for us, uh, we were just talking yesterday, we just got back, uh, my assistant and I from Canada. And when I first started at Merrimack, I thought, hey, why not Canada? You know, they're five hours away shoot, it takes longer to get to New Jersey, you know, let me get up there. So, um, but those kids, if they were going to come to the States, they wanted to come to play division one. And I found that to be challenging uh, with division two. Now we're division one and we're right back in and it's really exciting. Um, so the recruiting travel is a little different and um, the the game travel. I know Dan, you were just talking about that. You know, for us, we're really excited. We're getting on the road this year and playing University of Illinois uh, in the Big Ten. And that's, you know, the fourth highest RPI in women's basketball um, as a conference. And we're excited to just jump right in and start playing the best of the best traditional basketball powerhouses. And, you know, that's something we couldn't get in Division II by leaving our region. You know, the best basketball was in our region, in Division II. So um, it's really exciting in those ways. And the travel has really opened up for recruiting and competition.
4: Yeah,
1: Joe, now you've put some big teams on your schedule this year. I want to talk a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, so we'll be playing um, Providence uh, from the Big East. We'll be going uh, also out to Northwestern, uh, who, who plays in the Big Ten. Uh, we're playing Akron, UC Santa Barbara. Um, and, and we're going to try and do that every year, right? We'll have our 18 or 20 league games. Um, we're always going to play some regional opponents like our, you know, the Mains and the UMass Lowell's and the Dartmouth's and the Browns. Um, but, but I really want our, our guys to experience also those those high-level games, right? And we're going to try and, as we move forward, um, we're going to use that in recruiting a little bit as well, right? We're recruiting a kid from, from Texas. Well, within the next four years, we're going to try and get get a game against Texas or Texas Tech. And um, I think that could really help get into some of these different areas. But um, I think it's, it's really important for our guys to not only see the NEC and, and what's going on around us, but also to see what that highest, of high levels is all about and that's what we're going to try and do at least three four times a year that's great
1: and dan as a, as a coach you know and as a um, kind of a, a successful coach sure. right you know um at, at, at the division two level um tell me a little bit about um um the the alumni and the fans and and just uh that's what you really see right now in football right i mean sure. basketball hasn't started hockey hasn't started yeah. but football season and I've been really pleased with the size of the crowds and the energy yeah. coming in. Talk a little bit about what that's like for you and your your, your players, uh, you know, to walk under a field now when it's, you know, basically sold out. Yeah. And what's, what's that been like? Well, I think we've always
3: had, we mentioned earlier, had good support by the community and the student body and certainly our alumni, but the excitement, the buzz is just different. The awareness is different, and you can tell that we sensed that in our annual golf outing, our alumni golf outing, and there was a lot of uh, individuals who now were all in on buying season tickets uh, who are really excited about not just coming to homecoming, but being a part of the entire season. And, you know, the great thing about it, and Jeremy, our athletic director, was at the Central Connecticut game, there was probably a contingent of a couple hundred just alumni, not parents that were at the Central Connecticut game. You're seeing more and more of that now, where alumni are actually traveling to road games. You weren't really getting that, you know, two, three years ago when we were part of the ND 10 conference. Now part of the NEC and being a Division One program, that's becoming common, which is awesome, and it's causing for a better game day experience for all our players too.
1: That's terrific. Tell me a little bit about what you guys look for the future. Like, wh- what do you hope to happen in five years? Now, the transition period is four years. So so those for those folks listening, you know, um, the transition to NCAA Division One is not simple, right? It's uh, not just the process of getting in. It's the process of showing you can do it, right? So Merrimack's what we call a transitional period for the next four years. Um, so tell me a little bit about that transition period for you since you can't compete for championships during that time, right? How are you going to motivate your kids? How are you going to recruit but even beyond that, what do you see at the fifth year, or sixth year? What do you hope to achieve? And, uh, Coach, why don't you start? Coach Curran.
3: Um, we talk all the time about not even just about conference championships <clears throat> and, and win-loss percentage, but elevating the standard and bringing a certain level of play uh, and production on the field that's going to make our alumni and our administration, the entire Maramata College community, proud of what we're doing. So that doesn't change, regardless if we're part of a transition or we're a Division II program. I think the big thing for us as far as building the program the right way is really working on depth. Um, just by the fair physical nature of the sport of football. Depth is a, is a critical thing, that, something we probably haven't had in the past, um, and we're not quite there yet, but we're working on it, where now the gap between your 2s and 3s and your 1s isn't as significant as it was in the past, and that just comes down to recruiting. Um, if you continue to do a good job bringing in recruiting classes and developing depth and competition within the program, I think we're going to be in a good position three or four years uh, when we're a full member of Division One. And how's the uh, new field work
1: for you? It's been helpful? It's
3: been a game changer. Yeah, it's been a game changer. And obviously, it's one of those things where, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, getting a chance to have players up during the season, seeing the crowds and the, the game day environment that we're providing now, um, it's been a huge recruiting tool for us. But it's also just been a great resource for the entire college. Now, all of a sudden, instead of having six teams sharing one field, you know, we're now breaking up between two fields, and, and student athletes aren't practicing uh, at eight, nine o'clock at night. Um, overall, everybody's just getting more out of the experience, and it's just a more efficient process than it has been in the past, which is great.
1: Now, you know, on the tables, uh, some new locker rooms for you, a uh, new facility, uh, a new indoor field house that's really important to compete at the Division I level. Talk about what those kind of uh, investments will mean over the next couple of years to, to the football
3: program. Yeah, when you think about, you know, the, the stadium and, and all the work that it took to put that together, and it's, it came out tremendous, um, to all of a sudden provide a new locker room and potentially an indoor facility, it just it elevates our, our brand, uh, as a school, never mind it, as, as as a football program, and it just gives you access to recruits that you probably wouldn't have had a chance to in the past. Certainly, so the Division One title helps, but now all of a sudden, kids now are coming to campus because of the awareness of of all the things that Merrimack has to offer. Those kids probably in the past aren't returning your phone call. Now those kids and those coaches are lining up to try and be a part of the process here and the experience that Merrimack is offering.
1: Yeah, that's great. And and Joe, talk a little bit about what you hope to see the future look like the next four-year transition and what you hope to happen in the next uh, year five and six.
4: Yeah, um, you know, and right now that the only time um, we ever, you know, we don't mention the transition much. You know, we don't talk about it with our own team. You know, it was talked about on day one, and now it's, you know, we're just trying to to win every day and win every practice and and win every game and everything that we do. So, um, you know, there's still other motivating factors. You could win a regular season championship and go to the NIT. There's the CBI and the CIT. And, Um, all of our players are eligible for for all conference awards. So there still is enough there. And, um, you know, what we're trying to do is be a little bit creative. If we do sense that, um, you know, that that transition in the NCAA tournament is a deal breaker, well, then we may offer, you know, a redshirt year to a kid so that he does get um, one extra year on on the back end there. So um, we're obviously trying to win every game we play right now, but we're also, you know, maybe trying to stack it a little bit on, on the back end so that, You know, once we are, you know, full staffed and facility upgrade and full roster of, you know, guys we've recruited with that division one label that when year five, six comes, um, we want to be right in the mix. Right. It's I've experienced it before. It's a lot of a lot of parity in the NEC. You know, you can go in as the five seed and you win three games in March and that changes the whole landscape of of not only your program, but of of your school. So, um, you know, I think by the time that year five, six comes, we'll be ready to position ourselves to be competing for that league title.
1: Great. You know, for our listeners, um, just so you know, Hamill Court, is a great little environment to play basketball in, but but the football team shares part of it in the back. Yep. And the uh, idea here is to put a new uh, football uh, locker room uh, and a new facility outside near the football field and uh, open that space up to add another 500, 600 seats, some luxury boxes, and a better locker room for both men and women's basketball behind there. So that's that's this is part of the athletic fundraising plan over the next couple of years. So by the time we get fully into division one, that's all going and happening. So it really gives you guys the, the, the kind of the advantages you need to do that. Monique, talk a little bit about your um, you know, the teams you're playing and what you're trying to do. I know Illinois's on the, the match, but there's other schools as well. And yeah. what do you hope to, to achieve over the next couple of years?
2: A lot of the same things uh, Joe was saying, uh, with teams like Illinois, um And Playing teams outside of our region and obviously uh, from the Power Five conferences, uh, which is going to get you the highest level of recognition in uh, NCAA basketball, it's to provide opportunities to play against that highest level, but also um, the experiences for the student-athlete. They're never going to forget those trips, and they'll probably forget... um, scores, but they're not going to forget playing in that atmosphere and and those trips. So providing the experiences is big, too. And in addition to that, we really wanted to create some of the local rivalries against the other Division I teams in our area. So we're excited to be opening up our season out at UMass Amherst. And uh, the Atlantic 10 is a great basketball conference uh, in women's basketball. So um, excited to have them right in state. And then we're playing a lot of the local teams, UNH, Holy Cross, Dartmouth, Brown, um, so we're excited about that from a scheduling standpoint. And then as we go through this transition, same thing as uh, Coach Joe was saying, we're really focused on uh, not what we can't do, which is we can't win the conference uh, tournament for the next four years, but we're, we're focused on what we can do. And you can still win a regular season championship. We can still recruit rookies of the year and players of the year. And um, there's other opportunities to get into you know the WNIT and other uh, postseason basketball tournaments, and then I think the focus is on being prepared to compete for a championship and and get to the big dance in those subsequent years. Um, you know that's always been the goal. There's NCAA tournaments in Division two and Division three, but we know from experience um, being you know Division one player and a Division one coach, it's just different. You know the NCAA selection show is now on ESPN. It's a huge campus event. Um, there's nothing like seeing your team name called, and then seeing your matchup and who that's going to be, and and what region you're in, and, and all of those moments. So uh, the goal is to position ourselves to be ready to compete for that.
1: That's great. You know rivalries are big in college basketball, college football, right? It's it's what you know football Saturdays about. It's what the Tuesday night games are all about. Tell me, uh, Joe, a little bit about who you think is going to be a natural rival in a new conference.
4: I uh, probably. Um just geographically probably brian early on right and they also made this transition not too long ago um you know coming from robert morris i probably will have a personal rivalry there but uh, yeah i I think that'll um those things develop you know at our levels leading with division two it kind of goes year to year like what programs are are good in certain years and i think Rivalry, you know, you get in that one highly contested overtime game, and then will that guy becomes your rival for the next couple of years. So, um, you know, on paper, just by where they are, Bryant will probably be a, a big game for us. But um, I think over time, we'll develop some some new rivalries.
1: And Coach Kern, how about you?
3: I think in conference, um, you saw one of them early <laughs> this year, and that barn burner that we have with Central Connecticut. There's a lot of uh, crossover with the coaching staffs and in recruiting um, with both programs. Certainly Bryant is another program there's a lot of familiarity with. We played those guys and had some competitive games, and um, they did go through this transition about 12 years ago. I think the last one, which would be an out-of-conference game for us, would be Holy Cross. Um, that's an uh, obviously another uh, Catholic program, uh, Division One school. that has got a great tradition, um, and they're obviously, you know, in the Patriot League, and, and that's, you know um, – High-level institution, high-level football, and it's an opportunity for us to kind of raise our brand and, and and play a different level of competition. I know our kids are excited about that four-year deal in a couple of years.
1: And we have them, I think,
3: next year for homecoming. We open, uh, no, we open the season next year. Holy Cross. Yeah, here or at at, at our place. Yeah, oh, terrific. That's yeah. going
1: to be quite the game then.
3: It will be. Yeah,
1: I'll be. How about the nighttime game? You
2: know? Yeah, that's, so, the, plan. Yeah, that's
1: good. the plan. Yeah, good. Good. And when he coming How about you?
2: I think you know right now uh, our team would pick whoever's the top in the conference. So for us, it's Robert Morris. They're you know, they just won the championship. They're bringing all five of their starters back, and they're going to be the team to beat this year. And I think it is fluid, and that could change year to year. I love that we are in close proximity with, with Bryant and Central Connecticut and even Sacred Heart, so there's a good uh, core of teams that are in our area, and I think that's going to, um, you know, just accentuate those rivalries. Terrific.
1: How about UMass Lowell? I know they don't have a football team, yeah, but in basketball, they were, you know, when we were both Division two programs, we were pretty big rivals, and then they kind of, they went Division One a few years back, and now with Division One, do you think they'll come back? Uh,
4: I think we, yeah, and we actually just so we're playing um, in an event that they're hosting this year, and then we also signed with them a four-year deal starting after that. So we'll be playing them for the next five Good. years. And you're right, when I was here as an assistant, it was um, actually Greg Aranda, who's a Merrimack alum, who's now the head coach at Fairleigh Dickinson, and um we had some good battles with them sometimes in the ncaa tournament or conference championships so um that would be a cool one to renew especially with the proximity that's
2: perfect yeah we've also uh started a home-and-home with them as well and i can't imagine we wouldn't renew that every couple of years
1: yeah i know they're excited about it just look half an hour travel you know everybody will come locally it's you Mm -hmm. know like an ice hockey it's a big one Mm so you know on a different topic about about division one Talk a little bit about to our to our listeners a little bit about compliance changes and practice time. It is different. Division two had a certain set of rules. Division one has a different set of rules and for us and for all of our listeners who don't know, you know coaches actually have to go to a, like training school and get tested on all these i mean it's the book is a hundred thousand pages long I think but uh talk a little bit about what that's been like going to division one
4: well um the most immediate impact was uh, the ability to have access to your players in the summer. Um, in Division Two, you would, you know, the last couple of years, our season would end late March. You know, we'd give them a couple of weeks off, then there'd be Easter, and then it'd be time to go home. So it, it, we'd see our guys, you know, end of April is the last time we saw them do anything, and then we don't see them again until September. So you better have some, you know, kind of self-motivated kids to come back in shape. Um, this year, we had a, a six-week summer session, and, and it was great. You know, in Division One they give you um, eight hours. You can have up to eight weeks uh, eight hours a week, and that's combined weight room and, and on the court, um, and, w- and we made use of those hours, and we, had, we have six new freshmen, so a lot of times uh, the biggest thing is those freshmen adjusting to the speed and detail that goes along with being a college athlete. Um, they come back in September, and it's almost like they're sophomores now because we had time to work with them this summer, so uh, the summer access was probably the biggest thing um, for us. Um, you're, you're right, there are some different uh you know what we have to take a recruiting test every year and we had to take one in division two as well and I think you, you literally know um when that time's coming if you're up and down the coaches hallway because everyone's on their computer banging out practice tests and trying to print the answers and it's kind of a you know no matter how old you get you always it's nerve-wracking anytime and you to have to take a clear test.
2: about the recruiting exam to pass, you have to get an 80%. So there's none of this, you know, yeah, oh. Just get by this. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you can't really make too many mistakes. Um, but yeah, like Joe said, the summer session was really the the newest and most impactful change with transitioning to Division One. And I think that was, you know, I saw it right away when our players returned here in September that, you know, our first time getting on the court with the team, there's no longer that deer and headlights from the freshmen, you know, they've already had their six weeks to figure you out and your system and how you run a practice and what's expected of them. So it was great to see them kind of re-enter with that comfort level and that confidence. Um, so that was definitely uh, a really big tool that we enjoyed coming off the summer. And then also, you know, here at Merrimack college, we're an Apple distinguished institution. So it was really neat. Our whole team had their iPads with them over the summer and we were able to airdrop them some, you know, uh, a video playbook right onto their iPad. So for our players who were just taking one summer class, they had plenty of time to look through the videos and the plays and learn the terminology and things. So just another tool that I think is really special about Merrimack College, and we're able to offer our all of our students here at Merrimack, not just the student-athletes, um, you know, those learning resources, and that was great.
1: And how many returning players do you have, and how many new recruits do you have this year?
2: So we had 10 returning and 5 new players.
1: Okay, so it would be a very different experience for the uh... – returning players
2: yes yeah maybe nine and six actually now that I'm doing the math but
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's good and coach current you mean football very different kind of process you yeah. know you have the uh, intense summer session studying in, in August talk, talk a little about that what it's been like uh, as a division one coach the compliance the practice time to bring your football in
3: yeah I mean the access to our student-athletes with Joe and Moa mentioned was was the biggest thing for us and with those being a fall sport um, the summer sessions are critical, you know, so we had an eight week session with our strength and conditioning staff and be we able to provide that opportunities for those kids and get access to do some individual work with those guys and do some film work, which that wasn't part of our um, reality, you know, when we were a Division two program. So it certainly spread up the process. And I noticed a huge uh, improvement when we got the preseason. I mean, mostly everything was installed the first two weeks. So um we had a much more productive preseason camp. and then even preseason, you you have the ability to come back a little bit earlier. Um, certainly, that it cuts down on your summertime, but we, you know, we're able to report on August 3rd instead of August 10th, which helps us prepare our student athletes for, for week one for the challenges that they're going to face during the season. But uh, on another note, it wasn't just all football. For a lot of these kids, the experience is really, um, it's a twofold type deal, where now they're going to come out and prepare for the season, but they're taking a summer class, helping work towards a degree that, you know, the challenges of being a student athlete and managing that uh, schedule can be, can be difficult and having the ability to take a summer course makes a huge difference. Our alumni network did a great job providing internships for a lot of these kids. Them just being in a structured environment every day um, it was a positive thing for a lot of these kids and something that they wouldn't get in the past when we were a Division II institution.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Division One athletics has changed everything on campus in the summer. I mean, this was a sleepy place a couple of years ago in the summertime. Not anymore. I mean, yeah. We had about 1,000 kids here this yeah. summer. It's like running a, a regular summer session with classes, and the provost's office did a great job with a – Kind of this um, this research uh, fellowship program they have a couple hundred students doing that so we had a couple hundred college athletes a couple hundred uh, students on campus working with faculty and it was really a vibrant place and fun to see as a campus And yeah. Uh, yeah, we had open up the cafeteria full time and all those other stuff so it was kind of a new experience that's great well listen we're gonna uh, wrap this up um and I want to thank everybody for listening to us today and uh, and uh, we'll see you next week thank you very much coaches I really appreciate it thanks thank for you thanks
2: me.